0: The world around us is changing faster than ever before from automation, artificial intelligence, big data, geolocation to every aspect of how we work and live. This includes data. Welcome welcome, to Data Guru's podcast. Our mission is to bring you a real life perspective on what's happening in the industry and how successful companies and individuals in this niche navigate through the sea of change. Encouraging you to be bold, be be brave and be fearless. Let's navigate the data ecosystem together. Welcome Welcome, Welcome to the Data Gurus podcast.
1: Good day. Welcome back to another episode of Data Gurus. This is Seema Vasque, our host. And I'm joined today by Tim Wilson. He is the co-founder and CEO of QT. Welcome, Tim.
2: Seema, absolute pleasure to be invited on board uh, Data Gurus.
1: Thank you so much. Before we talk about QT, I always like to understand the journey that brought you to this point in your career.
2: I think it's quite a convoluted one, I have to be honest. With you. I didn't start out as a market research assistant. So I basically qualified in law in the UK, but the music of Jimi Hendrix had sort of bitten me pretty early on. So I was a guitar player and I ended up going to some wackadoodle doodle guitar school in LA.
1: You quit law and then you went to LA?
2: Well, I finished my law degree, I did that. So I don't think the parents would have been too happy about me going to be rock star without finishing the degree. So I finished the degree, I worked for years, saved a little bit of cash and then went to this music school in Hollywood. So this is obviously pre-internet, a bit of an older child. It was a bit of a culture shock going from Hobbitland, North England, to Guns N' Roses, Sunset Boulevard. It was a bit of an experience, and I had a great year there. I then came back and sort of gave myself a sort of, you know, okay, if we're going to play rock star, we've got a few years. And I was just about to sort of go, okay, it's time to get you know, let's get real into the commercial world. And somebody came along and funded my record label, and et cetera. And we ended up doing tours with like people like Def Leppard and Alice Cooper. Just to, just to make clear, I was not wearing bandanas or any. You know, we had some people who could get us on those tours. We definitely were that sort of band that we ended up touring with. They're amazing people, by the way. God bless them. Amazing people and successful. So, it was, and it's really experienced, but also. I don't think you realize at the time when you look back very a lot of fortitude, you'll hear the stories from bands, right? Bands are very dysfunctional entities you normally have one or two people who are the driving force you have to do a lot, you have to travel 400 miles to go play a gig you know, lose money to play to one man and his dog and return home at 2 o'clock in the morning and convince yourself it was worthwhile, repeatedly so it builds a lot of fortitude in you and so I did that at about 204 I sort of realized that maybe I wasn't going to be Jimi Hendrix or, you know, U2 or Radiohead. I still actually released records. on this one this year. I mentioned it before, which is really exciting. And then I sort of got involved in some of the commercial project projects gambling in the UK a little bit, moved to New York to 09, and then around 2012, uh, this opportunity fell in my hands uh, with some of the business partners to acquire some NLP technology from a chap called Dr. Ashwin Ram out of Atlanta. We were very newbies to that space, we, but we saw the potential. And we acquired the technology and took on Ashley's protege, who is from Barrow, my current CTO.
1: So you bought the NLP technology. What, were you looking for that? Was that opportunistic? What intrigued you about buying that technology?
2: It was just like, oh, it looks cool. I then talked to a bunch of people in New York. I'm telling I'm you, so transparently. Do you know what this, this stuff does? And they're like, yeah, it's really, it's really cool. So I went to my best friend, I said, look, I'm going to look at this technology. I've been told it's really cool. We should look at it, yeah. Oh, and obviously, we've actually rebuilt the whole engine since then, yeah, and the new methodologies we've put on top. So, But it was really, look at the tech. But when Flint said to me, he's like, look, there's something else. There's a way to tackle conversations and make them smart. That was like, oh, I like what he's saying there. That's because... I'm on social media and I'm sick of scrolling through comments. It could, my comment drowns the others. Oh, wow, we could use that way. And that really still at the, at the genesis and key point of Qt, smart discussions.
1: So and one of the things that I really like about your approach is you started with the consumer. You said, if I understand what you told me, you had the technology vision, but you also knew there was a problem, an opportunity, let's say, to engage consumers in a different way and participate in research.
2: Yeah, I mean, and I think if you, it's interesting, one of our, not to, a bit of a, a bit hyperbole here, but one of our board advisors is Elizabeth Linda, who used to run Facebook, EMA, yeah, politics. They're very globally respected. And she just said, "Cutie is what Facebook should have been for brands in terms of engagement, of consumer, which is why she came on board. She was like, that's great. I love it, yeah. And um, obviously, you know, Dan Foreman as well. Dan's an advisor to us and it's very similar from him. You get into passionate audiences, it's organized, it's truthful insights, and it's a social experience. It's friendly, yeah? Respect the consumer voice, collaborate with them, let them see that they're contributing, yeah? And you're gonna get those insights.
1: So let's break it down. Let's break it down for the audience in terms of how it actually works. Let's do gaming. You did a use case, right? With a bunch of game developers. How do they leverage your platform?
2: Well, I think if you look at the, what's their problem with gaming, yeah. And it's pretty obvious because you'll see release, 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 release endlessly, yeah. It's very hard when you've got, whether you're a mid-tier gaming company or a very large gaming company to get everything right, yeah. And you're often the pressure of release, yeah. So you release and there are bugs and there are issues in the gaming, yeah. And if you look traditionally, their ability to react to the issues through social listening is difficult because the insights are not qual enough because these issues are very qualitative, yeah? They're mechanics issues, but they're on an industrial scale.
1: Meaning they they can look at commentary one-off. They can't necessarily aggregate, analyze, and digest what the commentary is.
2: Let's say you're releasing, without any names, a global football game, right? And at least some of the goalkeepers are doing something a little bit odd. Yeah, it didn't do last year and all of a sudden you've released it and you've got 40 million people using the game and they can't score a goal. You've got a problem Yeah, at that point. And it's like, well, are you going to fix it from your perspective or are you going to fix that from the consumer's perspective and the player's perspective? Have you got the insight on what they are experiencing, how they think it should be fixed? Because that's surely information you need, not from your thinking. And that's where QT comes in. You can all of a sudden see from the consumer's perspective and their insight that value. Now, we all know people are the consumers, but what we're talking about here is the most passionate. Your social, your CRM, influencer audiences, the ones who are wedded to your product, the ones who organically spread good faith about your product, yeah? You've got to listen to them. Otherwise, that's fail number one, yeah? If you can't keep them happy, you've got fail number one. So for a gaming company, it'd be, okay, we've got a problem, let's create a QT. We, we set our open-ended question, we set our polls, we upload a picture to make the Qt page look nice. We share it via our social channels, Facebook, Twitter, et cetera. We share it via, if you've got a CRM with uh, player emails. And if you have got some big influencers, they can push it as well. They drive to Qt, maybe we incentivize it with a gift card for the most transparent comment or whatever. We sit back, people comment, they fill the polls. The analysis is all done in real time. We look at our dashboard, we see what's trending, we click our report. So, the time to actionable insight can be hours, Mm -hmm. okay? It just depends on how much audience you can get to the platform and how quick.
1: So right there you actually, I mean, yes, you're listening to, you're getting the feedback that you want, but you've also cracked the code in engaging consumers to respond.
2: Yes, if the numbers that we have achieved, I mean, we're still very early, but we've collected 160,000 comments so far. Comment length is five times that of YouTube. That's happening for a number of reasons. If you've got an influencer or a brand, there is definitely an element of peer. You know, you respect the peer, etc. But the UI and the user experience on the platform is resonating with those consumers. Okay, they're seeing this is not a survey. I'm not locked in some Libby anchor, closed off on my own. I'm seeing what other people are saying on QT. The users can also, if you wish, see some of the insights and then filter the discussion by those insights. So you can share things with them to drive even further qualitative discussion. You know, oh look, goalkeepers are trending high. Let me click goalkeepers. Oh, there's 200 comments about goalkeepers. Oh yeah, I've got the same problem and it does X. Got it. You're feeding that insight for your most passionate consumers straight to the dev team. That's gold, yeah.
1: And are the consumers doing their own tagging?
2: They tag their comment when they comment, which is either with, you can do sentiment, positive, negative, neutral, very positive, whatever you wish, there are presets, you can set your own. You can set span, demographic, then as soon as they comment, the NLP kicks in on top, okay? Extract all the, uh, it's doing the advanced clustering, it's extracting the sentiments around the topics, etc. So you've got the best of all worlds. Yeah, you've got the mention element, you've got the NLP element, and then you've got the polls intersecting as well with this. So the response rates for us are just incredible, compared to surveys. The analytics obviously have got more accuracy than just scraping web type analytics. And as soon as you've run one QT discussion, they, you've built your focus, focus group, yeah? Hey guys, come back next week and uh, we've got more discussions for you. Share them again, form us online, you've got 50,000 people in this huge community insights group. It feels social, it feels friendly.
1: Right, it feels like a regular experience on social media.
2: That's exactly what we focused on, yeah. There's no way we could have had the success we've had so far with the influencer audiences and the early stage brand ones without it having that feel, yeah.
1: Got it. And can you invite them to a community that will stay, like, over a period of time, let's say six months?
2: As soon as you sign up for QT, your community is active and live. You can engage that community. All you pay for in community is the reports. That's all you pay for. You can use QTL you want, you can use the analytics dashboard, that's fine. If you want reports, you pay.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You'll like the reports. The reports are pretty amazing. They're going to save you two weeks of analysis easy at the touch of a button.
1: That's pretty amazing. Now I need to
2: see one. That's been qualified, but we've got a number of retail uh, friends in analytics in the UK, Nina Hampson, Jim Hodgkins, people like that. And they just, wow, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. So we've done a lot of work on the report. But again, it's by discovery where we had Q2, we had the analytics dashboard and it's very much like mentioned earlier, like I was going, we should try and generate a report. Yeah. And it was, you know, okay. We were doing, we were running, we actually ran some pre-launch engagements with gamers just around addiction, gaming, gaming and you, how do you feel about the industry? And we did the reports ourselves and realized, look, Hey, if we can actually generate a report, they're really smart. That's where we need to get them. And it's also, what's also interesting is earned media. We drove, 160 pieces of global media coverage off two reports we did ourselves on gamers.
1: Wow. What does that mean?
2: Well, in terms of we pr the reports, yeah, and the media picked up on it and Forbes, mm-hmm. UK media, gaming media. So I think when we were talking pre-conversation, we do intersect with things like YouGov a little bit, yeah? In the sense, if you can create mass, you can create a report, I would argue has got more validity because you've got passionate audiences, not coupon collectors. Yeah. You've got people who care. And I think that's what we're about. It's about truth, passion, qual. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Although I would say it's not either or. I think there's use cases. When you say
2: oh yeah. Of course, yeah, you've got to have you've got to be able to do both totally. Yeah.
1: So let me ask you this. So what are some objections that you faced with QT?
2: I would say our biggest our previous hurdle. Okay, that's fair. Is getting social asking across to the researchers and insights teams, yeah? What it can do, yes. how it can complement, not replace, but how it can complement their social listening, how it can amplify their existing focus group studies, et cetera. How it can, or say, replace all their surveying, but give them something that's a lot more friendly to their consumers in the survey. And also, I'd say the biggest objection really is, I don't think, people just don't believe it can do what it can do, to a certain extent, yeah? It's sort of like, wow. Issues we've had, and I think this is relevant to all people with new platforms, is getting your message across, yeah? Well,
1: and you're creating a new category, too, social asking.
2: Yeah, we're creating a new category, social asking, which obviously is, you know, if you look at that whole category king thing, yeah, the whole very hip sort of like where you create your own category, people will come to you, but it's not that easy. You know, there's an education process, and you have to get your messaging on point. Yeah? I mean, I'm sure you've been there platforms you've advised for or people you know. Your, your 50th iteration of your front page, yeah. You we, you know, we just changed something last week. We got advice from Dan Foreman, you know, I think she's used this phrase, okay? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, but if you're smart, you listen, yeah, you listen to people who've got that sort of uh, other experience because you can, we can all get lost in the weeds, yeah, you know, we can all. Be-
1: well, you also spoke about the journey that you went through to get here. And one of the things you talked about was ego. Tell me a little bit more about that.
2: Well, I think if you look at being a musician, and this actually, this is for non-music people, there's a distinction between being a musician and a creative, right? A creative is a songwriter, a musician is more a player, okay? And I'm both. So a musician, you have to do qualitative research, right? If I want to, I need to understand why Eric Clapton vibrato is one way, but Jimi Hendrix does it one way and B.B. King does it another. And I need to understand why. And I need to get very in-depth. So as a musician, you automatically are doing qualitative research on everything you're doing if you want to be any good, yeah? You've got to go granular. From the creative side as a songwriter. yeah, you have to be willing to write 100 songs. I think Noel Gallagher said it, that everybody hates but your mum. Right. right, And then somebody one day, one of your mates goes, that's not bad, that one. I'm thinking I'm stealing from the old exactly. And then he goes, 150th song. Somebody went, I'd buy that. But to get to that 150th song you might buy, you've got to get rid of your ego. You've got to be willing to... In case of Bob Dylan, right, Bob Dylan was renowned, one of the first people, well, as far as you know, he would go in the studio, the musicians are completely unprepped, start the song, And then three minutes later, he'd be playing it three times faster in a completely different key. Then he slow halfway down to another key and he would run the musicians ragged, right? Follow him. And he was searching for that sweet spot. He wasn't going to go, I've got this right. He's going, this song is the baby. Yeah. And we've got to do whatever that requires to get this to its optimum position. So I think when you build a tech platform, you've got to accept you're going to dogleg you. And it got to accept the ideas you thought were great six months ago, maybe aren't right now or aren't even great. Yeah. You've got. Be able to devolve that ego if you're going to build something like this. Yeah. Uh, You've got the idea. You've got to have that persistence and that you do have to have some tunnel vision, but you've got to listen to people with that experience and take on board that advice. The counter to that is you can get pulled left, right, and center. We face that from people you should do X, you should do Y. And me and my CTO have been adamant. It's about the user experience and improving commenting and discussions. That will drive the insights keep focused on that. We cannot lose our weight. That is the key element of what Qt is about, smarter discussions brands and consumers. Keep improving that and everything else falls in place around it. So uh, I think you know we all have an ego, but I think if you're going to create something great, you've got to be able to critique yourself very heavily.
1: I completely agree with you. And I do think to your point, you do have your true north, right? When you're building a business and even though you get pulled left and right, and you go back to those key principles.
2: That's right. Yeah. You also need to have a very strong idea, I think, to compel you to do this 14 hour days. Yeah. To rewrite the investor presentation again on a Sunday afternoon when you want to go and hang out with your friends for brunch. Yeah. That's being an entrepreneur. That's what you do. Yeah. Take that call to, you know, Japan at like 4 a.m. Yeah. That's it. That's what you do. But you, I think you only do that if you've got an idea that you're evangelical about. And you can tell, obviously, I'm evangelical about QT. I'm CTO for the Barrowers. And uh, it's important. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, Tim, tell us what 2021 looks like in terms of plans.
2: So, for us, it's really, I would say it's obviously not giving away the competitors. Sort of we have a certain number of verticals we would consider blue sea opportunities that we're focused on at the moment. Yeah. We are about to release our API, which is a big uh, moment for us because that underpins Qt, but it's going to allow other web developers, publishers to plug and play with our technology, which we think is quite a, a substantial moment for us. So I'm very excited about that. And we're expanding the team, obviously, as more clients come on board. But really, it's, I would say in this phase, the content, the blogging, education are very important to us over the next six, nine months, getting the message out, not being too pushy, but saying, look, it's here. You need to explore this. You can pilot QT for free, no obligation. Test it. Yeah. We will get you hooked on the analytics. We're warning you, but you can test it all day long until you agree that you should pay for it. So with a reason. But um, you know we believe in what we're doing. We think the analytics, and the insights are pretty spectacular. So yeah, we're just opening up to brands and saying, look, play with the site, experiment with your audiences, tell us your experience, then we'll go from that.
1: Thank you so much for joining me today, Tim. I really thoroughly have enjoyed our conversation. And I'd love for us to collaborate on a topic. And if you want to bring back the results for another episode down the line, love to just actually bring this to life and share the data.
2: That's, we're more than privileged to do that. And I love the channel as well. Right? superb.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
2: So much.
0: Teams are in flux, but you still have to get your research in field. Partnership with Paradigm Sample means you get our expert focus on every detail of your project. We have access to over 1 million consumers and many business professionals who are eager to voice their opinions and participate in traditional and non-traditional online studies. Whether it comes to sampling, programming, and hosting services or consultation, we are agile and quick to meet your needs. Visit ParadigmSample.com today. Thank you for tuning in to Data Guru's podcast. This episode has ended...